Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And this week, we finally have a football game to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we're not recording this on Monday night for once. Hooray! Hooray. It's been so long. It's almost kind of sad, though, that our last win isn't over UAB, but I'll take a 42-31 to 31 victory over the Mean Green when I can get it. Yeah. Oh, and uh, also, the basketball team won. So, we got two wins tonight to talk about. Yeah, I think our original plan was to recap both of them before a little intermission, since we're recording this right after the football game's over. But apparently trying to pay attention to two things means you don't really pay attention to either. At one point, <laughs> I was thinking that ULM was just a really good three-point shooting team, because all I saw was them hitting three-pointers, but that apparently was just when I was looking at the monitor. <laughs> so, we'll have to get back to you, I guess, in a few minutes in podcast form. But whatever. When we record the rest, and we'll talk about preview for, I guess, TCU. I guess that's the next game up. Oh, God. Yeah. For the a little Bulldogs. bit of news at the top of the show. We added TCU next week, so. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah. At TCU. I mean, it's not a conference game, but at this point, uh, we're all pretty sure who the conference office wants to give the title to. So we'll just play a Big 12 school instead. But before we <laughs> talk about all of that, let's go ahead and recap this game. Again, the game that the Bulldogs won 42-31. to 31. It was both fun to watch, scary to watch, and just plain frustrating sometimes too, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, the game plan in this one was pretty clear from the, from the get-go. Uh, we were going to run the football. We had on our, I think it was our second drive, right, Nathan? We had uh, nine run plays in a row or something like that, most of which were literally just Tucker up the gut for two yards, and then we went for it on fourth a couple times. That led to a 17-play, 68-yard uh, touchdown drive, which is pretty weird for Tech uh, to do something like that, but that was pretty much how it went all night, honestly. Yeah, that it didn't quite get as bad as that drive. The rest of the game, when it comes to just being frustratingly successful or successfully frustrating everything was working but when you have to convert three fourth downs over the course of the drive you start to wonder if you're just getting lucky instead of good but before then louisiana tech jumped out to a seven nothing lead after that weird interception on the mean greens first drive that i had no confidence that that was going to stand until i saw a replay i really thought that hit the ground somewhere yeah, it like bounced. One of our guys tipped it, and then another guy was on the ground, and it like bounced off him. And then Barnett like scooped it right before it touched the ground. It was a great heads up play by him for sure. Yeah, and that gave Tech the ball back. And we pretty early saw what Israel Tucker could do in this game. He started out with a four yard run, but a few plays later had a 15 yarder, and then Smoke with a run, the 12 yarder for the touchdown. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said earlier, we wanted to run the ball and. That's pretty much what we did the whole game. Well, we're failing to mention the man who put the team on his back, though. Who is that? And who's that? Israel Tucker. I said his name. No, you didn't. You didn't say it right. <laughs> oh, are you are you going with this Palestine Tucker bit? No, no, that's far too political. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say is real motherfucking <laughs> Tucker. <laughs> wow, that that is a name. Yeah. I really, I, I, I guess, is it just mispronouncing the first name a nickname now? Because I do that all the time when we do these previews. Yeah, it's both a subtle diss at Nathan and uh, <laughs> a plaudits for a job well done to a, an, well, aren't the seniors this year 
aren't they allowed to come back and play next yes. year? Yes. I hope Israel Tucker comes back and play next year. Shoot, if he plays like that against uh, TCU, he may he may have a chance in the NFL. But um, he'll have running backs get drafted back to back picks instead of defensive backs. <laughs> Keep that yeah, tradition he, going for another year. He, I mean, in this game, if you had told me first of all that Tech was going to run the ball fifty times, I uh, I would not have believed you a single second of that. But I mean. Really, I think I think that came down to the fact that we had two uh, freshmen starting at tackle because um, Anton Lewis has apparently opted out of the rest of this season, and of course Campbell opted to declare for the draft. So Tech just said, you know what? And Nathan, you said early on that you thought that was it was a game plan thing because we believed in our run blocking better than our pass blocking. Is that what you saw in the game? Yeah, and I think it's something that Skip mentioned in his little post-game interview that I saw a little bit of before running over to my microphone to record <laughs> this bit. He mentioned the fact that he didn't think that they would have the time to do deep drop passes, pass down the field, five-second pocket kind of things. And we saw that with some screen passes early and throughout the game, and that's kind of always been a part of Tech's game plan. But Skip knew that if he wanted to win this game, Tech had to be able to run the ball. And North Texas has not been the greatest at stopping the run going into tonight on the year. So if we had any chance at winning this game, it was going to be by running. I'm glad you mentioned the two uh, offensive linemen that were out for this game, though, because one of the things that I was concerned about was holding penalties or false starts or other issues you have when you try to plug and play offensive linemen. And really, it was North Texas that stumbled into that pretty early on. They had both a hold and a false start, I think, on their first drive before the Bulldogs even saw the ball. And on the night, Tech only committed four penalties for 33 yeah. yards. Meanwhile, the Ben Green, 11 penalties for 82 yards. And that's crazy when you haven't played in a month to not come out and and be like, you know, have those mental errors that come from not playing in an actual game, right? Because in practice, like you're not supposed to false start in practice, but you're not being flagged for it. It doesn't actually count, right? So especially when you're doing just like walkthroughs and stuff like that, I, just to have four penalties on the night is is pretty huge and speaks to how disciplined this team is. Yeah, and with, with the running the ball thing, there was a drive early on. This was the second drive where Tucker ran for four, Tucker ran for two, Tucker ran for three, and then on fourth and one at our own 40, we punted the ball. It seemed very early, wait, we might not actually be able to run the ball. That first drive where we had a couple good run plays, uh, and one of them was that smoke sweep, that might be the exception to the rule. And so when we came back on that third drive and just ran, 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 got those fourth downs and converted them and, and so on, it was, hey, wait, no, we actually may be good at this. And then we kind of did it again on the next drive that we got after North Texas uh, turned it over on downs after they failed to convert on fourth down, those casuals. The Bulldogs got <laughs> the ball back, eight plays, 36 yards, three minutes off the clock and went up by a touchdown, 21 to 14. I'm trying to remember that drive. Uh Oh, that's the one where Smoke Harris tackled himself, right? At the yeah. two-yard line? <laughs> and Aaron Allen had some deep passes that the commentators wouldn't stop talking about the wind, and I never saw any wind. And the t couple times they showed the goalposts with the flags on them, they were kind of just barely moving, like someone was lightly breathing on them. <laughs> but it seemed like that mythical wind was blowing behind Aaron Allen when he was trying to throw those deep balls because they were sailing past the receiver they were intended for. Yeah. And he had Tucson open in the end zone, I think, on that uh, in that earlier in that drive we're talking about now, and uh, just just overshot him a little bit over the top. If he had led him more in the field, you know, more towards the goalposts, he he would have easily had a touchdown. But you know, Allen's a young quarterback too, so give him a break, I guess, after not playing for a month too. But 
Yeah, the North Texas answers with a field goal. Tech answers that with another long nine-play, 64-yard, almost three-minute touchdown drive that has some more passes, but Israel Tucker had a 24-yard run at one point during that. And then that's the Luke Anthony pass to Kyle Maxwell in the end zone oh with 13 gosh. seconds left. That that 24-yard run you just mentioned, it was third and 18, and Tech just ran a, a you know delay draw to Tucker. And he got stacked up at the at the line of scrimmage and just broke through some arm tackles and then ran 24 yards. And it was like, holy crap, we just gave up. We were going to hopefully pick up like five yards and, I don't know, Skip probably would have punted on fourth and 13 from the 35, from North Texas's 35. But um, Well, let me get something in here. I got to take off because Julie is home. I'm glad we won. I hope that we play more games. I hope we go to a bowl. It'd be nice to... Uh, just actually witness some more football before we all get vaccinated and die. <laughs> hell yeah. I mean, yeah, Matt. Yeah, hell yeah. Matt, to that. <laughs> before you said the last part, that was a good note to end on for you because, uh, yeah, I mean, just the fact that we were playing, you know, Catherine walked in at one point and was like, well, hey, even if they lose, at least, because I think we were down 14 7 at this point. And she said, even if they lose, at least they're playing, right? And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, I got two TVs out. I'm watching tech, man. This is great. This is the dream at this point. Um, obviously, much, much better to be sitting here sipping a, a double whiskey after two wins than it would be after a loss or two. But, hey. Yeah, I'm down to my final beer, so I think it was going to be a sad beer or a victory beer, no matter which <laughs> way it went. But even after that Israel Tucker run, that, that 24-yard run on that busted play, the next set of downs – it becomes third and 10. Then Luke Anthony passes out to the flat to smoke Harris. Or actually, I think that was a sweep where he ran out to the sideline, ran out of bounds, and then two yards out of bounds gets pushed. Personal foul, unnecessary oh, yeah. roughness, late hit out of bounds, and gives Tech a Just, new set of downs. And they only need one of those downs to get with, in the end zone. With, with that 20 seconds catch. left in the half, too. I mean, if you're a North Texas fan watching this game, like they had so many. Just obvious penalties that you can't be mad because they got called. Like this, this dude, the defensive lineman, just just went up and pushed Smoke when he's already three yards out of bounds. I mean, it was a textbook late hit penalty that normally I feel like they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt on that kind of thing if it's close because it's late in the half, it's fourth down. Like they're not going to give the offense a new set of downs for nothing. But this guy comes in and pushes it like he shoved him into the little like advertising boards on the side. And it's like, dude, what are yeah. you doing? And they had several like holding and and uh, and pass interference calls like that too, where it was like, dude, you didn't even pretend to turn your head around, you know, like you're gonna get called. Yeah, I'm waiting for the blog posts that are complaining. Does Seth Latrell have control over his team? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Smoke was getting in the face of whatever defender kind of forced him out of bounds, and they were getting a little bit chippy. And then the guy came over and made that huge hit. But it was close enough to the play being over that it. Could have been just a normal late hit out of bounds, but either way, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't make that kind of hit after the play is over. And that's pretty much the score going into the halftime. Tech's up 28 to 17. It's not over, but I mean, we're all feeling pretty good at this point, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like, uh, you know, I, in our halftime thoughts, I gave a joke about the basketball game, which is, which had just started. But really, my halftime thought was like, okay, this offense can move like without having to rely on passing, which we have not seen all season. Later in the second half, the announcers pointed out that we haven't played a defense as bad as uh, – or, or even a defense in the bottom half of college football until we played North Texas. So, you know, that's that's worth noting too. But, 
I mean, Tucker came out like a man possessed tonight. He was he. I mean, he only ended up like four four point four yards per carry, I think. But uh, he had some really oh, yes, really sincere McCormick special. Yeah, he had some really really good runs in this game. That um, you know he 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 did put the team on his back, like Matt said earlier, for sure. Yeah, and then coming out of the halftime break, North Texas has a weird squib onside something kickoff that a Bulldog player named Zach Williams recovers and returns for 15 yards from where he got it, giving Tech the ball. Or sorry, no, that's uh, Taj McGee. Zach Taj Williams McGee, is the yeah. kicker. Taj McGee, because I thought I remember them saying he was a receiver, returned it for 20 yards. I can't read a box score, apparently. <laughs> giving Tech the ball at the North Texas 30-yard line. Coming out of that halftime catch, the catch right before halftime, coming out, getting the ball, having that happen, it's, okay, we're going to put this game away right here. Yeah, I mean, and then we didn't. That was a really weird play. Uh, I think they were trying to squib it. It wasn't like an onside attempt, right? It was. I guess it was a squib. I. But it. I mean, it was like a line drive straight into Taj McGee's hands, and he just caught it and ran. And I was like, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah. <laughs> that was a the weird looking were saying play. It might be a thing where they try to get it's a pseudo onside where they're just trying to get it to bounce off his leg, and hopefully they can uh... recover it because he's not expecting it. But it's a receiver. He's gonna try to you know catch the ball when he can right but tech cup gets the ball over 30 yard line 30 yards from the end zone the best field position you could really ask for to start a half and after a three yard run by israel tucker they only move backwards with a false start a negative one yard run a 12 yard sack to bring up fourth and 25 <laughs> before a punt for a touchback yeah are you so okay tech- with punting from uh from plus territory <laughs> in that case oh yeah you know fourth um, and 25 from the 45 I mean, the the punt only got him 25 yards. They went three and out anyway, so you might as well go for it with the benefit <laughs> of hindsight. Because, That's... yeah, North Texas gets the ball back, goes three and out, and then Tech's offense shows back up out of the locker room. This was a 12-play, 53-yard, 5-minute and 22-second touchdown drive. Which Yeah, good stuff from Luke Anthony on this drive, um, but mainly it was Tucker. I mean, I don't know what happened here, but Anthony gets sacked. Then Tucker runs for 14 yards, and then a few plays later, Tucker runs for 11 yards, then 9 yards, then 3 yards. We're down to the 18, and then Greg Garner comes in because I think Tucker got tired of running so much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Luke Anthony you know, completes this drive with a uh, one of those little shovel passes forward that's pretty much a the smoke sweep that we've seen in the past, but it technically counts as a pass. So it's a uh, six yard touchdown for smoke Harris um, receiving. So he had a rushing and a receiving touchdown, even though they were pretty much the exact same play. Yeah. And one of those plays you skipped over was another pass play. That was Tyzea Graham. That made me really realize how much he's kind of stepped up with the absence of Adrian Hardy in this game. That was a third and five. They caught a seven yard mm. reception for, he dropped the next one. And the commentators were saying maybe because he's tired because he immediately tapped his helmet to take himself out of the game. But there are several places in this game where he made catches in huge situations. And Tech won this game by 11. That's not a blowout. and It's not a one-point game. But he kept this game from getting as close as it probably could have been at some points. Because after yeah. that smoke sweep, touchdown, pass, run, whatever you want to call it, it only takes North Texas three plays in less than a minute to go 75 yards and score the touchdown to make an 11 point game again, a 34 yard run and a 33 yard touchdown pass. If I mean, again, if you're a North Texas fan and you watch that drive and then you watch the rest of this game, like, 
My God. So so this drive is sandwiched by a three-play negative five-yard drive and a three-play negative 15-yard drive. So three three-play drives in a row, one, two of those gained a negative 20, and one of them gained 75 and resulted in a touchdown. So... <laughs> The commentators oh. kept saying this was a quick strike offense. And if it were not for this drive and the second touchdown drive, the one they had late in the first quarter that was five plays and a minute and 10 seconds, I wouldn't have believed you because this team didn't play like a quick strike team yeah, I mean, or offense or anything for most of the game. They play like they want to be, right? Like when they get a first down, they hurry up and try to run a play immediately, right? They don't give you time to think about it or sub out players or anything. Like, But yeah, I mean, for the most part, they're just they just don't execute and i think i think it's the the quarterback position honestly is just you know the kid's okay right but he he holds onto the ball for too long when he probably should run he's a good runner we saw flashes of that but he only decided to run too late right and and it's like well once you've got eight guys on the defense chasing you down you're only going to gain 3 yards right so i don't know um maybe it's cuz i've seen too much Taysom Hill in the past few weeks but i was really expecting a designed run and maybe it happened at one point, but I think they ran a, enough. I think they ran a QB draw at one point on like a third and 25, but that doesn't really yeah. count. Right. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, if it's, if it's like second and eight and you run that, you know, maybe you catch us off guard and, you know, pick up 40 yards or something. But when it's third and 20, like we've got a spy on your best quarterback. Sorry. He looked like how I look when I play Madden, where <laughs> I want to roll out of the pocket immediately, still try to find a way to throw a ball, but the receiver's already covered by the time I press the button. That's yeah. what that looked like out there. He has talent. He's fast. He can throw the ball well. But I agree. I think the decision-making of getting the ball out of your hands more quickly would help in the future. Um, yeah, I don't think he like lost them the game or anything like that. He had, oh, that yeah, no. he had that one pick, but that wasn't even really his fault. It was He threw it a little bit behind <laughs> Darden, but Darden just let it hit him in the chest and it bounced straight up in the air. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean... Uh, let's let's talk about Darden for a minute here. The announcers were kind of all over his jock all night, which I mean, fair. He's he just became their all-time leading touchdown receiver and all that stuff. He's leading the NCAA in touchdowns. He had three touchdowns tonight. That's really good. Uh, but two of those touchdowns were like screen passes from the eight-yard line where he probably shouldn't have scored. But I mean, I don't know. It's like okay, that's even more reason for me to give credit to him. He shouldn't yeah. have scored. He yeah, made, I mean, he I mean, was but, better uh, at being Smoke Harris than Smoke Harris was at times. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, in terms of like pure receiving talent, I don't, I didn't necessarily see that. He was, he's a very good playmaker, but like the other touchdown he had was a complete breakdown of our defense, where our safety that was supposed to be over the top of him was on the wrong side of the field to start the play and didn't get back in time. Like, and, and they saw that and took advantage, right? I'm not taking anything away. I'm just saying, like, they were, you know, all about, oh, this guy, this guy's the next great NFL talent out of here. He's the, you know, he's the best player in this game, that sort of thing. And it's like, I mean, he made, he made some guys miss when they shouldn't have missed. Right. And that's good. If you can do that, you're good. But at the same time, I don't know, he, he didn't have like that game breaking talent that like kept North Texas really in the game. Like I was still worried because I'm a tech fan <laughs> and I've seen tech blow an 11 point lead with one minute left. Right. But like to the to the layman, this game probably didn't feel that close at really any point after midway through the second quarter. Right. I don't yeah. know. And he pl- he plays like a punt returner to an extent, too. Yeah. Where it's it's more about his legs than his ability to catch. He had a, a pretty big drop on the last or second to final drive that the Mean Green had. 
that cost them a first down deep down the field. The ball just hit him in the hands and he just plain dropped it. Mm. There's some of that going on uh, where we'll see how his hands translate to the next level. But he has yeah, the speed, and he, he has the ability to make people miss. Receiver, to be clear, I, I, I'm just saying in this game, I didn't think that the praise that was being heaped on him was like necessarily like, I mean, they acted like his second or third touchdown, the second screen pass touchdown. They acted like it was the greatest thing they'd ever seen in their lives. And I was like, he made one guy miss who our, our guy, I'm not even sure who it was, 31 for tech. I don't know who that is, but he had the right angle on him. But he like he like stood up straight flat footed and waited for him to make a move. And it's like, dude, you got to just go hit him. He just caught the ball. Go hit him. If you miss, that's okay. But if you wait for him to make a move, he's going to beat you. He is good, right? Yeah. And thir- 31 is Christian Archangel, the retro okay. freshman okay. defensive okay. back. So he's All got right. time to learn. Yeah. So we'll point that out in the film room on Sunday or Mon- or I guess this game was on Thursday. So they'll probably watch film like tomorrow um, or Saturday. So anyway... We'll point that out in the film room and we'll grow from it. But anyway, let's get back to this game. Yeah. So North Texas is not out of it, right? They're only down 11 now and there's still four minutes left in the third quarter. We still have a whole nother quarter to get through. But then Tech has another long touchdown drive, three minutes off the clock, seven plays, 58 yards later, and Tech is back up 42 to 24. A lot of that gets set up with a pretty good kickoff return by Wayne Toussaint to get the ball at the 42 of Tech to start out. Yeah. And that's a drive that's also helped by a couple penalties by the mean green. There's a defensive holding that gets the ball from the 14 to the seven, which I mean, that's not a lot, but I'll take it. Yeah. And then a pass interference on third down where I believe that was the one where uh, Griffin a bear is in the back of the end zone and the defender basically just robs him and takes his wallet. And then next thing you know, there's a flag on the field where he, he never gets his head around. He kind of holds on <laughs> yeah. to your life. Yeah, I think I think that holding penalty too. I pointed out in our chat that uh, the the UN the North Texas guys were standing around like, what? Why is there a flag? What? 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 And and Isaiah Graham just walks away and like points at his shoulder pad and it's like, bro, my shoulder pad is out of my of my jersey right now. Like you held like he's just saying like, come on, man, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought that was really funny. So anyway, um, yeah, and and we haven't mentioned the. Uh, the the formation that tech kept running at the goal line oh, that yeah. worked and and on fourth down fourth and one third and one we ran it pretty much all night and it worked i think every time there was a first down and goal where they got stopped short of the goal line ah. but they still gained a yard or two oh, and there was the, the one we I ran the pass out of it and garner ah, dropped yeah. it it hit him right in the hands um but and garner ran it in two plays later so we can forgive him but i do have to say yeah that is true um i do have to say that uh, La Tech Report pointed out that that is not the Big Bone formation. The Big Bone is something from the Sonny Dykes era. Um, and he he DM'd me after I made that joke on Twitter about the Big Bone making my bone big. Um, and said, that's that's the wing T, not, or the... Power T. Power T, yeah. So I said, Power T makes the big P. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, I, I didn't want to tweet that out. So anyway, I'm going to keep calling it the <laughs> we, Big Bone because... We already- not very subtle as it is. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, real professional organization we run here. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, it worked a lot tonight, and it was great to see that, um, you know, just line up and say, hey, we've got big dudes, you've got big dudes, but our big dudes are better than yours, so we will win. And on several occasions, the uh, this this formation, the the power T or the big bone, whatever whatever you want to call it, 
our offensive linemen ended up three yards beyond the line of scrimmage, pushing their guys back. So it's like, you don't even have a chance to make a tackle if you're getting like just bulldozed off the line of scrimmage like that. So just a great night for tech in the trenches when you've got an inexperienced offensive line. I mean, you can't say enough about, about the way these guys played in run blocking. Yeah, definitely. But it felt like every time tech had a good moment in this game, North Texas would immediately answer. And that's kind of what they did on the kickoff. Dion Air Griffin returned the ball 56 yards and got the mean green in very good field position down to the Bulldog 35 yard line thinking, okay, they're going to make this a close game again. It's going to go back to, I think, 11 if they score there. But after a one-yard run on first down, there's an 11-yard sack by Michael Clark to make it a third and 20, and then a no-yard gain. That's the run by the quarterback, Jason Bean, the kind of QB keeper sneak, not sneak, uh, draw up the middle. And that makes it fourth and 20, where after a delay of game penalty, makes it fourth and 25, they punt. After getting the ball at the Tech 35, they're back down at midfield. Yeah, I mean, great stuff. Good to see Michael Clark getting involved. He's a young young guy that's kind of a future piece on this defensive line. So it's good to see these guys stepping up in, you know, the weird situation we find ourselves in. Yeah, And then the moment we were all waiting for happened on first down with 14.08 left in the fourth quarter. Harlan Dixon entered the game, apparently, <laughs> and did? ran the ball for three yards, and we never saw him again. Is that... Are we sure, or is that ESPN messing up the play-by-play? Because I don't remember Very that at could all. Be ESPN. That could I have happened. Paying enough attention. Yeah, he's we'll on have to. We'll have to check the too. film. But yeah, I don't. I didn't notice that when it happened. So I'm surprised to see him here on the box score with one carry for three yards. But uh, illustrious start to his Tech career. There we go. Yeah, especially because that drive went nowhere after two incomplete passes. Tech had gone three and out, and Jacob Barnes was sent out to punt. Something he would do. The drive right after that as well, after North Texas scores the touchdown that they wanted to score on the previous drive, they have to work a little harder for it. But eight plays, 52 yards later, two minutes off the clock. It's again, 11 point game, 42 to 31 with just over 10 minutes and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. That's when Darden has that catch and run for the touchdown that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, I mean, once we get into the fourth quarter here, the defense really, really impressed me. How about you, Nathan? Yeah, definitely. I mean, some of it's kind of on the play calling of North Texas. After that second uh, three and out by the Bulldogs, North Texas gets the ball back eight minutes, 50 seconds left in the fourth quarter, and they run three straight run plays, including on third and four Yeah, at the 49-yard line, resulting in a fourth and four where they finally throw the ball, where the pass rush gets in the face of Jason Bean, and he throws the not best pass of his career to Deion Hare Griffin, who drops the ball. Probably he threw an absolute it. laser beam behind him, and, and he probably should have caught it, but it was just like, I don't know that I blame you for not catching that because your hands yeah, probably fall off right now. The tech pass rush is what gets the most credit for that. For but sure. Again, this felt like a moment where tech was not out of it, right? They, they just had a huge fourth down stop, got the ball back, seven minutes, 14 seconds left, take off some more clock, move the ball down the field, Hey, maybe run the ball. You've been running well all night. Yeah, first place. A complete pass of smoke. Okay, that moves the ball, but he runs out of bounds, I believe, to stop the clock pretty quickly at the North Texas 44. Then the next pass, it's more downfield, gets batted up in the air and picked off by more Kyle Sanders, return to the 48-yard line. But again, setting up North Texas, this game's not over yet. There's still, at this point, six minutes and 31 seconds left. They need two scores. That's it. After that fourth down stop, I felt great. Then 
like a minute later, I felt not great. I was like, God damn it. We're just going to blow this. It quickly became house tech on a blow this game. Right. But North Texas moved the ball again. They ran the ball once, which is more than I would have expected out of a, we need to score twice in the next six minutes kind of attitude. But they get a first down, and then after three straight incompletions, including a third and ten that was broken up by Tyler Grubbs jumping up from his pass rush as a linebacker yeah. and batting the ball down, it's fourth and ten. And there's the wind at their back, but they still send the kicker out to try a 54-yard field goal. That's yeah. I, difficult I mean, for anybody to do. I don't know what his like career long is, but I felt like he, he probably had the leg on the kick, but it just... It was on the uh, the right hash, and it. I mean, it went. If he was dead center in the field, this kick probably would have gone wide right, and he was on the right hash, so it went probably like thirty yards to the right. It was not even close. It was. It was short too, I believe. But yeah, again, I, I it's a fifty-four it yard field goal. Short, I, I don't like, expect him to make it. But they're down eleven, and it's fourth and ten. So yeah, his uh, career long, by the way, is fifty-one. So he has been in that neighborhood before. He's hit a forty-nine er this year. But that's still a lot to ask. But at the same time, yeah, you're right. You They only get one more possession in this game after this. And so they know that if they can make this a one possession game here and then get the ball back, they could tie it or take the lead. I guess that would be tying it with a two-point conversion. But still, Tech gets the ball back after the missed field goal. And a few plays later, they end up having to punt because everyone knows that Israel Tecker is just going to run the ball. And he does it well enough to pick up one first down, but not a second. Yeah, we, for no we burned gain three minutes down. of the four minutes left on the, or uh, there were about five minutes left. We burned three thirteen. So I mean, and two of their timeouts as well. Yeah, so they're, they're left no timeouts, still down eleven. I'm totally fine with that. I mean, yeah, I would have rather gone and scored a touchdown on both of those drives, uh, or, or on all of our drives in the fourth quarter. I definitely would have, you know, loved a sixty-three to thirty-one win instead of forty-two to thirty-one. But you know. I'll take I'll take burning three and a half minutes off the clock with four with four fifty six left to start out. Yeah, and uh, North Texas does some things. Eventually, incomplete pass on fourth and fourteen. Tech gets the ball back with twenty eight seconds. Takes a knee. Game is over. Bulldogs win forty two to thirty one. And I'm just happy to watch football again. Hell yeah, man! That was great. I mean, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't the prettiest at times. And on that, I guess it was our third drive the 17 play drive we mentioned earlier i wanted to pull my hair out a couple times just like run 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 oh here's a pass oh finally a pass you know like like what the hell am i watching here and it i mean it worked we scored we didn't settle for any field goals in this game weird yeah i always think we're gonna kick a field goal at some point yeah uh we we actually got outgained by North Texas 386 to 341, which is kind of weird. But we only had 183 yards on the ground, which at times it felt like we were going to rack up like 300 yards on the ground. So I don't know. It, in this game, we had our game plan for how we were going to win, and it worked. So I think that being outgained and everything is just kind of like, all right, whatever. And and also, you know, when it came down to it, North Texas gave us some pretty good field position at times, right? Either going for it on downs and then, you know, we only had 50 yards to score and we did. But then in the fourth quarter, when we gave them shorter fields, because we had a real, we had like a 16 yard punt at one point, we had that interception that gave them the ball at midfield. I mean, I mentioned earlier the defense in the fourth quarter here, here it is. North Texas has the ball at the, at their own 43 to start out. 
Then they had the ball at their own 48 to start out. And then finally we gave them the ball at their own two uh, on the final drive, but they got no points out of those two drives starting at their own 43 and their own 48. So, I mean, that's great defense. And the difference in this game, I think, is that we scored on those opportunities where we got the ball from their 48 or, or from our own 48, you know? And like when Wayne Toussaint had that, well, actually when Wayne Toussaint had that long kick return, we didn't score, did we? But well, anyway, to, I, I to think- save you from, from that blunder, I guess, <laughs> uh, not really a blunder, but uh, LaTeX Sports Report tweeted a few minutes ago, which will be days ago by the time you listen to this. Uh, despite the Bulldogs being five and three, they have been outgained in every single game this season with the exception of Houston Baptist. So that's something that's happened a lot this year, despite our winning record. So wow. Ben, don't break. Maybe is that what is that what we're saying? I thought that Either was way. Uh, I thought that was Bob Diaco's thing. Yeah, that was his thing. But <laughs> he's still here. He still haunts our noble trees. Let's go ahead and move forward to the last couple things we do when we do these review thing recap things. It's been so long, I forgot the right word for it. And do did Tech go? Did Tech die? And a player of the game, I believe Tech went. Tech did not die. There were moments in this game where they could have blown it and they didn't. And to me, that is a huge thing because tech usually techs it up in those situations. So I'm happy to say that tech went and did not die. Yeah. Uh, obviously we, we went, we came to North Texas and won. And, you know, obviously when you win, you didn't die. Sometimes you try to die and you still win. But in this game, I mean, look, after not playing for a month, I was going to take whatever I got. Right. Especially if it ended with a W on the night. And so, Boom, did not go, or shit, boom, <laughs> went boom. and did not die. Okay. And then who would you give your player of the night to be player of the game? I can't think uh, of any player well, that would I deserve mean, it, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like you're giving it to me first so that you can pick somebody else. Is that what yeah, you Okay. Because <laughs> I thought you were going to take Tucker, and then I would have to pick somebody else. So I'll take Tucker. <laughs> Uh, 37 carries, which I wonder when the last time a tech running back had 37 carries. I'm sure La Tech Sports Report will tweet that out, but that's that's insane. 161 yards, that averages out to four and a half per carry, two touchdowns, and a long of 24 yards. I mean, Matt said it best earlier. He put the team on his back. Israel Tucker, or is real motherfucking Tucker, as Matt said, <laughs> is my player of the game. Yeah, I was hoping you would talk long enough that I could look up that for you, which was the last time a Bulldog player had that many carries. But the player I'm going to give it to, I want to give it to Dakota White on the offensive line who started at one of the tackle spots hey, for the Bulldogs. This was an offensive line that I was really worried about going into this game. I dropped my voice there to kind of give it more emphasis, but I was really worried about how this game was going to go. And yeah. it started and stopped with the offensive line. I had faith in Tucker to be able to run the ball. I didn't think he'd run it this well. But I thought he'd be able to run the ball well enough. And if not, Greg Garner or Harlan Dixon would be able to show up a little bit. We had a deep receiving core. I wasn't really worried about uh, Hardy being out of the lineup and, and going and trying to get drafted and everything. But what I was worried about was Donovan Campbell, who I've had my own complaints about him throughout the year. But what his backup would even look like in this kind of situation. Yeah. And it wasn't perfect. The offensive line, had uh, there were a couple times where the quarterbacks faced some pressure when you would hope they wouldn't. But... Both Dakota White and Walker Hankinson, they played well. They they run blocked like a champ, I guess. That's not how yeah. people usually say that. But they, they ran block extremely well. They pass blocked well enough 
that we were able to throw the ball down the field a few times when we weren't trying to to roll out and do screen passes and other things. So what more can you ask for for someone to step up and immediately play that position when they've been buried in the depth chart all season? Yeah, and I mean, just to add on to that, Tech dropped back by my count here from the box score 33 times to pass and got sacked twice. Um, so sure, there were more pressures. I'm sure that led to incompletions and all that. The the PFF numbers will tell us more about that later. But I mean, we've had games this year where our quarterback has been sacked like six times. So uh, these these guys played pretty well. Like they, they didn't cost us the game. And we can't say that about earlier games this season, right? Where like at UTEP, yeah, we won the game, but oh man, our tackle play almost cost us that game. And UTSA, I mean, uh, just the fact that we couldn't, pass the ball to save our lives or run the ball to save our lives cost us the game. And it was because of the tackles. So, so these two guys stepping up and both freshmen, one's a red shirt. I'm not sure which one's which, but one's a true freshman. Another reason to give it to Dakota white. He is a true freshman, man. Crazy. Like this experience, like in-game experience at that position is so great because this kid just to get in-game experience and do well and build on that. And he's going to obviously play next week, too, against TCU, so we'll see. But I think in-game experience in, in, at offensive line more than any other position is probably, you know, the most important thing you can have to, to grow as a player because you just you just need to, to be in the situation and say, like, you know, see the blitzes coming and see, you know, protect your gap and all that stuff, right? I don't know. I'm just talking at this point, but... <laughs> Yeah, we still have a lot more to preview. Yeah. So we have TCU, we have some basketball things to talk about, but we'll record all of that right after this break. Hi, and welcome back to the second half of the show. This time we have Evan and Josh. Hi. And also me, Nathan, I guess. I'm the <laughs> one talking right now. Hello. <laughs> but yeah, we've got... Less than half the amount of show left to cover most of the things on the agenda. So let's kind of quickly go through this. With no football uh, for so long, we just, Nathan and I just talked for 17 hours about the, the game the other night. So sorry that you had to listen to that. <laughs> we I'm apologize for our writing. content. But yeah, some <laughs> tech players that won't be apologizing because they had awesome performances this past week. Junior Lofton, basketball-wise, was the Conference USA Freshman of the Week. Uh, Jacob Barnes was the LSWAA, the Louisiana Sports Writers Association, Special Teams Player of the Week, and also a semifinalist for the Lou Groza Award. Israel Tucker was a Conference USA Co-Offensive Player of the Week. And one final thing, a former Lady Texas player, Vicki Johnson, has been hired as the head coach of the Dallas Wings. She'll be the only black head coach of a WNBA team. Good for her. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to be a Dallas Wings fan. Go I mean, Wings, baby. Yeah, I, I don't have a WNBA team already, believe it or not. So I suppose the Dallas Wings are my team I mean, now. I mean, you might as well. I mean, you're also going to be a Mavs <laughs> fan. Uh, well, maybe. I don't know. Outside of that, we've got some dogs in the NFL, a, a lot of whom <laughs> didn't play or haven't played yet or are playing right now as we record. Jeff Driscoll, Vernon Butler, Trent Taylor, and Xavier Woods either have not played yet or uh, did not play and then we've got Amik, who had who took two defensive snaps and six special team snaps, but did not record any stats. Boston Scott, who had two rushes for nine yards, but 29 yards per return on his uh, kickoff returns, which is good. 
uh, Ryan Allen's back. I didn't know that. Yeah, Colts picked him up, put him on the practice squad, and then elevated him due to a COVID thing right before the game started. (laughs) Wow. Hmm. Five punts, 47 yards per punt. I mean, the dude is good. He has played two games in total this year, two games, two different teams. So kind of curious to see how many more teams he gets on his uh, punch card before he gets the free sub. He's just going through, what, the whole AFC South? Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're just going to pass him around, I guess. Uh, And then we had Legereus Sneed, who had five total tackles. But uh, I wish Matt was here because he was telling us all night last night about how good Sneed looked. And he barely ever gets, you know, targeted. And we've got PFF tweets saying that he's the best overall rated cornerback in, in the NFL so far this season. And, yeah, I mean, Sneed is great. And I think we all saw that coming, right? Yep. No doubts about it. No yeah. cheat. <laughs> no doubts about these other players that didn't quite have set lines. But we still did. We still definitely saw Sneeds coming as well. Um, this was last week, technically. It was on Wednesday. So after our show aired, or maybe on Tuesday, I get, forget what day is what. But Baltimore played a game this week for last week. I'm making it confusing on purpose now. We have three players that are Ravens now that are Tech alum. Jalen Ferguson... Justin Ellis and Tremont Williams. Ferg had five total tackles and a QB hit. Justin Ellis had no stats, but did get the start at defensive tackle. And Williams had also five total tackles, but two QB hits. Maybe trying to do Sack Daddy's job a little better than him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's great to see the Ravens, you know, just keep adding tech players. Maybe they'll pick up Ryan Allen next. Who knows? (laughs) But uh, speaking of the purple and black, tech plays a different purple and black team. This nice. week in college good. football, I'll, I'll, the TCU Horned Frog. For that, that's a good one. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I, I I win. I'll defer to the second half. Uh, Evan, <laughs> what can you tell me about this game? Yeah, so this game was obviously added uh, last week, and it's going to take place 6 p.m. on Fox Sports One. Uh, this will be the second all-time meeting against TCU, which I find that kind of interesting because we're you know really close together, and we were both like G5 level programs for a long time, but okay. So we're 0 and 1 all time with that poinsettable loss in 2011. But at least if my off the cuff memory is right, we are 1 and 0 all time in TCU stadium, Ammon G Carter stadium with the one victory being in a different bowl game, the 2016, um, what is that? The armed forces bowl, right? Against Navy. Yep. Yeah. What a game. Josh yeah, and I had yeah. a very good hug after that game. We did. <laughs> Wouldn't do that now, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no hugging. Yeah, no hugging allowed anymore. But um, TCU so far this season is kind of hard to read. They're 5-4, and four, and they've been just very inconsistent. They seem to show up in their big games. They've played two teams ranked in the top 25, and they beat them both. They beat number nine Texas back in October, and they beat number 15 Oklahoma State just this past weekend. But they've also lost to Kansas State and West Virginia, who are pretty bad this year. So I don't really know what to make of them as a team overall. This team is an enigma. Spills milk. Anyway. Yeah, and it's weird because the computers seem to think they know TCU pretty well. Massey gives them the 26th best team in the country honors and only gives the Bulldogs a 9% chance to defeat the Horned Frogs. They predict a final score of 38 to 17. FPI is also kind of in that similar range, a 7.8% chance to win. 
And even Vegas, who is less numbers heavy and more, I don't know, gut feeling-y, bet the farm kind of thing, has TCU winning by just over three touchdowns by 21 and a half points. That's, yeah. TCU sh- it should, be, should be favored to win this game, no doubt, but they haven't looked like a three-touchdown line. I, I mean, if I was team. a better, I would want nothing to do with this game because oh, no. I would not know enough of I mean uh, one thing about TCU is they haven't played any out of conference games yet so like we don't know how they how they will perform against you know the quote unquote lesser team right they've they've only played conference games so far and like I said they've been all over the map in those games they've been a very good team at times and they've been a very bad team at times so if the very bad version of TCU shows up tech can win this game but if if the sort of okay version shows up. I'm not sure that they can, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, let's deep dive into the offense and defense. On offense and points per game, they're 64th in the country, just averaging about four touchdowns per game, 28.4 points per game. Yards per game, they're 60th in the country, 401.8. Both of those slightly above middle of the pack, I guess. Uh, Rushing the ball, they're they're better than that. 201.6 yards rushing, Per game, just 200 passing. That's 89th in the country. So they are a run-heavy team that kind of ends up most games with just as many rushing yards as they have passing yards. Yeah. Um, SP I, Plus? I Josh? believe they lead the Big 12 in rushing yards per game. Oh, okay. Big 12 is not usually known as a run-heavy style offensive game, but that's still pretty impressive that they've been able to do that. SP Plus ranks the Horn Frog offense at 89th in offensive efficiency, uh, 54th overall as a team. But because this guy has a name, I will let Evan take it back over. Evan, tell me about the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, I think what it comes down to with the good and the bad of this team is their sophomore quarterback, Max Duggan. He's a dual threat quarterback uh, in that he leads the team in both passing and rushing. I would say he may be more of a threat in the run game. But then again, Tech has made some pretty bad dual threat quarterbacks look like freaking all pro you know, NFL Pro Bowl contenders here. So I don't know. He, he's completed 60% of his passes for about 1,600 yards, nine touchdowns, and four picks. Um, mind you, that's over nine games. So one touchdown per game is not, you know, lighting it up very much. But but he's also rushed 112 times for 513 yards and nine touchdowns. So I think the next best touchdown scorer on the ground has like three, maybe? Four. Uh, Oh, four. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's literally right there. I typed it out 20 minutes ago. Anyway. um, Yeah, I I mean, so it really, really comes down to Duggan. He's when he's bad, he's pretty bad. And when he's good, he's okay. You know, he's an okay passer. How do you rate? This is my favorite Max Duggan stat. (laughs) Max Duggan and the TCU Horned Frogs went and played the great Kansas Jayhawks. You know, the great 0-8 Kansas Jayhawks. Max Duggan. (laughs) Went three for 11 passes uh, uh, with three touchdown passes. What? I don't get that stat line. It makes no sense to me. I can't wrap my brain around that. What were his rushing stats in that game? Because they won 59 to 23. He went three carries for 61 yards. <laughs> Average so he just of liked 20.3 yards per he carry. Just, he just liked threes. Okay. He just uh, kind of <laughs> hung out that game. I guess everyone else balled out i mean he had three passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown I, it is kansas but none, none of that makes sense for kansas either 
That's a terrible stat line. I mean, I mean the the touchdowns, I guess, are fine, but like, wow, that's almost impressive. Yards. Yeah, but even outside Duggan, they've got other weapons on the offensive side of the ball, or else I guess they wouldn't have been able to beat Kansas. Uh, the running back Darwin Barlow gets most of the carries, sixty nine nice attempts nice. for four hundred and twenty seven yards and four touchdowns. That's six point two yards per carry. That's a pretty high number. In the passing game, though, the primary receiving threats are Darius Davis, who has 30 catches on the year for 354 yards and a touchdown, and Quentin Johnson, 209 yards on 15 catches and one touchdown as well. And they were the only receivers to catch a pass against Oklahoma State last week. Which, yeah, and it's again, worth, it's it, just what? Yeah, <laughs> they had they had three players in the uh, receiving stats or in the receiving stat line, and one of them was Darwin Barlow. So. Uh, the running back. So uh, it's worth noting they've had a couple of wide receivers go down with season ending injuries. So I'm not really sure, you know, how that has affected the passing game. But um, I know their second leading receiver is out for the year, um, got hurt, I think, a, a couple games ago. But yeah, I mean, overall, this offense is not, it's not like a potent offense, but they can run the ball. Uh, let's take a look at the defense real fast here. They're better on defense. They, allow 25.8 points per game, which is 44th in the nation. Uh, 363 yards per game, 227 pass yards, and 136 rush yards. They're the 40th overall by stats, uh, by yards, defense. And then SP Plus ranks them 28th in defensive efficiency. So that, I think, is what makes them, you know, a better team according to the advanced stats. So, um, Nathan, do they have a couple players that we should really be looking out for stats-wise? Yeah, throw it to me for the names again. We'll see how this goes. Oh, yeah, I have no idea. I did, I couldn't even offer you help on the defensive end. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Their linebacker leads the team, Garrett Wallow. He has 77 tackles and two forced fumbles. Usually a linebacker leads the team in tackles, but 77 yeah. still a large number for the number of games they've played. Defensive end, I'll just be wrong on this on purpose maybe, Oshwan Mathis has seven sacks, which we had a pretty good offensive line this past week, but still seven sacks for this 2020 Louisiana Tech team. That worries Mitt just a bit. Yeah, that dude is yeah. like putting on a putting on a bib. He's like tying up his bib and like getting his fork and knife. He's he's ready to eat, man, watching this film right now. But and mad at me for disrespecting his first name. Yeah, of course. He's listening to this right right now as we right speak. Now. He, he, he's called into the Discord channel. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what do you guys think? This is, you know, a late addition to the season, I guess. Is TCU going to be up for this game? That's a big question because when they're not, they're really, really not, and they get smoked. Uh, so, you know, Josh, how do you think that Tech can win, and how do you think that Tech can lose this game? Let's see. Man, so how can Tech win? I was going to say, Matt, if they were able to limit Max Duggan and maybe, you know, kind of stop him from doing anything on the ground or through the air, but, I mean, Kansas tried that, and that did not go well for them. Hmm. So, in my mind, let's see, they're coming off another ranked win. Maybe we catch them in a letdown kind of spot. They're kind of overlooking Tech, and Tech can kind of sneak up on them. But in terms of, you know, defense, we just got to, you know, we got to limit their rushing game and make make them beat us through the air. I mean, that's going to be a big test in our secondary, but that's the only way I see the dogs holding TCU to below, I don't know, 30 points. 
Because, you know, the offense was clicking last week against North Texas. I still have no idea how good this Tech offense is. No clue. The O-line played great last week. But are we going to get that same O-line this week? Who knows? I want to stick with uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe so, always works. Uh, maybe always to works. To me, what this TCU team has looked like is they play up to their competition or they play down to their competition. And we've seen that from Tech teams in the past as well in, in multiple sports where it's easy to go on the road and play a huge SEC opponent and play up to the competition and then lose at home to Charlotte, who you keep forgetting is even in the conference. So I am I think that's really how Tech wins or loses this game is if TCU plays down to the competition of the Bulldogs, not that the Bulldogs are an awful team this year, but TCU on a good night should have no problem here, as what Vegas and SP Plus and everybody else has been saying. But if they allow enough room for Tech to stay in the game, we've seen Tech pull off some late-game heroics a few times this year, which is weird to say. Uh, I have much more faith in Tech winning a one-point game than losing a one-point game at this point in this year. Weird. So, yeah, it's it's weird. It's scary. But Tech can win this game as long as TCU just doesn't show up. And after a meaningful win over a ranked opponent last week in a game that came down to the final minute, this may just be a hangover moment for the Horn Frogs. Yeah, in a game that, I don't know, do they really... I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a game in 2020, and they signed up for it, but like... Do they do want they, to be playing us? Do they care? Like like you said, they just beat the, the number 15 team in the country. And whether Oklahoma State was overranked or, or not, or overrated or not, I mean, who cares? They, they beat them and they were ranked. I don't know. I, I, think, I think for Tech to win this game or lose this game, it's going to come down to the running game. Because on both sides of the ball, that's what TCU is built for. You know, on offense, they love to run it with their quarterback. And they have some good running backs, too, that are averaging five, six yards per carry. Um, but Tech hasn't necessarily faced a running quarterback so far this year. We thought we might get some last week with Jason Bean, but he didn't really run at all. Now, was that Tech doing a good job containing him, or was that just a game plan thing from North Texas? I'm not sure. But if we're able to keep Duggan contained, we might we might have a shot in this game. But I, I think that the key here for Tech, if if TCU shows up and plays and, you know, if they rack up you know, 300 yards on the ground, they're going to win. There's no doubt about it. And in each of TCU's nine games so far this season, they have lived and died by how their running game performs. So in their five wins, they have outrushed their opponents significantly. Texas, Baylor, Texas Tech, Kansas, and Oklahoma State, the lowest run differential in that game was 75 yards. So they only outrushed Texas by 75 yards. But in those five games, they outrushed their opponent by 165 yards on average. So that's that's why they won those games. But then, like against Iowa State, they were held to like 98 yards on the ground, and Iowa State racked up 280 or something like that. So in those four games that they've lost, you know, it's it's minus 113, minus 91, minus 46, and plus 17. So if they don't outrush us by a ton, we've got a real shot in this game because all of the teams that they've lost to aren't necessarily world beaters and they aren't, you know, great teams. So I really think we have a shot in this game. It just kind of depends on how we can do stopping the run and which TCU team decides to get off the bus that day, you know? Yeah. And we'll see which players walk off that bus too, because we'll have some players to watch in this game. That transition didn't work as well. Eh. Uh, Josh. <laughs> oh, can I pick the very blatantly obvious one? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Max Duggan. He's he's an enigma. He's crazy. I don't understand him as a quarterback. Is he going to go three for eleven? 
or is he going to go 14 for 15? Or is he just going to run it down our throats? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Maybe he can have a bad night and tech DBs can feast on him. I don't know. I mean, if we can get to him early and make him try to beat us with his arm through the air, we'll know. Maybe we won't. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm unsure. I just I just don't understand anything about this game. Yeah, I mean, for my player to watch, I'm going to pick the tight end, Pro Wells. He's only caught 12 passes this season, but three of them have been for touchdowns, including two in that game. Yeah, he had two receptions for 70 yards um, and two touchdowns against Kansas. So look out for him, especially down in the red zone, I guess. Yeah, meanwhile, my player is on the defensive side of the ball, and I gave myself a difficult name to pronounce just because I hate myself. Travis Hodges Tomlinson has 13 pass defense passes wow. defended whatever that's the second best in NCAA he has zero interceptions on the year so that's kind of why his name hasn't been on more lists but he's broken up a lot of passes uh, the guy who's in first place in college football is from Appalachian State his name is Shamar Jean Charles he has 16 so three more but he's also played an additional game so this guy may be one of the best cover defensive backs in college football and we haven't heard his name so that means my eyes will be on him whenever he's on camera because broadcast only ever shows the front seven <laughs> for sure all right so let's start out with josh here what do you think is going to happen josh what's your uh, final prediction man let's see i'm sure nathan's going to talk me into tech winning but uh i think <laughs> that's I why think, he goes last yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm Fairly confident that uh, Tech shows up, right? And they like they they kind of take it to TCU for a little bit, and the game's kind of close. Tech's hanging around at halftime, and you know maybe in the third quarter we get a we get really within taking the lead or something like that. But I think TCU puts this one away pretty easily towards the end. I mean, I, I don't know. Gary Patterson's a really good coach, and you know I say he is not going to let him, his team sleep on us, but we all saw how they lost to West Virginia terribly. Uh, but I think they'll put this away easy. I mean, yeah, they're coming off a big victory and all that. But at this point, they've—I think they've been playing more games in succession than Tech has. And Tech played very well against North Texas. I can't even pretend like that didn't happen. But I think, you know, Patterson has his team up, and they come and pull away and beat us, probably thirty-five to twenty-one. Yeah, I mean, you know, as much as I want to think like, oh, TCU is going to come out flat. They're not going to care. They're not going to. They're just like, get us to the offseason or get us to whatever bowl game we get. I just, with a team that runs the ball that well, I just can't see Tech holding up for four quarters. I think we may, it, it may be like a situation where we, we held Sincere McCormick to like three yards per carry until the fourth quarter. And then he had two long runs for touchdowns to get up to like 170 yards. So it looks like he had a much better day after that fourth quarter. I think that may be the situation where maybe we keep Max Duggan bottled up on the ground for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's running all over us now and we can't stop it. But I think this is closer than the, than the spread uh, 21 and a half, but I think it's going to be like a 14 point game with five minutes left and whatever happens, you know, maybe TCU scores a late touchdown to make it 21 or a late field goal or something to make it 17. So I'll, I'll go I'll go 38 to 21 TCU. All right. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. Now to hear how Tech will win this football game. That's what I'm here for. I thought we already did the how will Tech win section. Yeah, no, but that's also this answer for me. <laughs> I think all it's right. less about looking over this game or just trying to get to bowl season or whatever. I think TCU comes out and wants to play the game that they're given. The Horn Frog offense is not 
anything really special. The only thing they do kind of well is rush the ball, and a lot of that's due to the fact that other teams in the Big 12 don't see a lot of rushes. They rank 35th in college football when it comes to yards per rush. They have 4.9. Uh, Tech, by the way, even after this last game, is still near the bottom. That's uh, what the 6th or 7th from the bottom at 3 yards per rush. Oof. But here are the other teams that rank higher than TCU that Tech has already faced this year when it comes to yards per rush. Number 26, UTSA, 5.2 yards per rush. Number 22, UAB, 5.2 yards per rush. Number 12, BYU, 5.5 yards per rush. And also the number 10 team of the country, the North Texas Mean Green, averaged 5.5 yards per rush. Remember the North Texas Mean Green? We just played them, you know, like last week. We held them to 3.8. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. This defense is rested. The emergence of Milton Williams as both a pass and run stopper has happened. It happened a month ago in Birmingham. Well, actually, it happened again in Ruston, but it was against UAB. So I, I think they will have a decent time running the ball, but I don't think they're going to run all over us like they've ran all over other teams this year. And when that happens, they'll be forced to play good defense. And they've played good enough defense. They rank 43rd when it comes to stopping the run, and Tech has not been a running team until this past week. But I think that the same Israel Tucker or whatever Matt called him in the first half of the episode comes back for uh, this game. It's like Israel, something like that. It's been a few days since we recorded that part. But I think this will be a close game. I understand why people think that Tech will lose, but I personally disagree with their whole lifestyle. I think Tech wins this game 35-34. Ooh, spicy. Ooh, Ooh my goodness. All right, but that's not all that we can do right now because we still have some basketball to talk about, and we're already over time. So let's go over this really quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, luckily, Tech played two blowout games. Well, I guess one was luckily, one was unfortunately. But against ULM, Tech started slow, but the game was pretty much over before halftime. There are usually two things I look at to gauge how a basketball game goes, turnovers and rebounds. Not ULM had six fewer turnovers. Well, the score, but I, mean, <laughs> I guess at the end of the game. Uh, ULM had, did have six fewer turnovers, which is an issue for the Bulldogs this year. But here's how the rebounds went. The Warhawks had 25 rebounds. The Bulldogs had 48. Ooh. Nearly double wow. the boards wow. in this game. That's crazy. Tech shot better from two and from three, and we just won't talk about the free throw line. But it's the rebounds that made a difference. Uh, by the way, Pemberton and Lofton, and Junior, I guess, I should get used to calling them that, Junior. had more rebounds than the entire Warhawk team by themselves, wow. just wow. those two players. And and both of them had double-doubles. It was Lofton's first um, of his career, so uh, shout-out to him. He's going to be great. Moving on to the LSU game. This game, it, it was also over before halftime. Unfortunately, not in a good way. And it came down to shooting. I mean, uh, LSU shot 64% from two, 40% from three, and in the oh. first half, they could not miss from three. Um, and they were just, they were taking step back. They were taking just like in transition threes. They were just, everything was going in. Uh, they shot 77% from the free throw line. Uh, man, why do we always shit our pants whenever we play LSU? Do, do I even want to say what we shot? We shot 38% from two. So that's, uh, almost half of what LSU shot a little bit more than half 17% from three, which is awful. Just awful. And then 48%. <laughs> from the free throw line, by the from way. The free which... throw line. Oh, my yeah. God. Just awful. There was one bright spot, right? Like, Junior got a double-double before halftime. Yeah. 
That's great. That's awesome. He was our only player that was doing anything. Everybody else. Nobody was, else got to double digits points wise. Yeah. Everybody else was missing every shot they took. What was the score of this game? I don't even. A lot to a little. <laughs> 86-55. Yeah. My God. Like, uh, and, and Lofton had double digits. He didn't play as much in the second half. He got hurt a little bit, like rolled his ankle, but he came back. Um, but then by then we were down by 30 points. He had this gash open on his on his elbow, and they were trying to figure out who was bleeding because he didn't even feel it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's awesome. Also, <laughs> our starters were terrible, though, man. Yeah, I mean, just every you can't even call any of them out because they all had a terrible game. Like every, just assume if your name is not Junior Lofton, you played terribly. <laughs> but yeah. um, the good news is it's one game. It's over. Yeah, it sucks. I want to beat LSU better, more than I want to beat most teams, right? But like. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. We're three and one, and we gotta we gotta win our conference. That's those things are still all true. So and just we'll put beat them in and, baseball. Yeah, we will beat them in baseball. Amen. Um, and also, Junior Lofton is great, and I love watching him play. So can't wait to see what what he does this week against some teams that are not as good as LSU. Yeah, Southeastern and ULL. Uh, it feels good to say that about ULL, by the way. But yeah, let's talk about Southeastern first. We play them Wednesday, so the day after this episode drops. Southeastern is 1-4 on the year. The only win was an 81-80 to victory over California Baptist, who Good they count. played again two nights later and lost 83-66. to Southeastern is uh, not predicted to win this game. Quite obviously, they are given an 80, or Tech is given an 86% chance to win by FPI, 94% by Kempom, 93% by Massey. Uh, Ken Pop thinks Tech will win 82 to 65. Massey believes the Bulldogs will be victorious 80 to 64. To say it very quickly, Southeastern is bad. All caps in bold, in italics, bad. They're (laughs) decent at forcing turnovers and drawing fouls, but from three point land, they're shooting less than 20% in five games. I mean, yeah, Tech did that once. (laughs) Yeah. So far. And and, uh, we saw how that went for them. And also, the Lions are worse from the foul line than Tech is. Worse. That's how. That's, Im- that's impressive, almost. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Nathan, I see here you've got one player that we should keep our eyes out for. Yeah, uh, Jason Kemp is my guy to luck at. He's a freshman, but he's been really taking advantage of the minutes he has been played, which hasn't been a lot. But when he's on the court, he's usually touching the basketball. Um, he's been very effective, and Ken Palm seems to love him at this point of the year. He's the highest-rated offensive player on that team with only playing like 18 or 20% of the minutes. So, oh, wow. So, yeah, well, they should play him more, as I get what they're saying, but they should wait until after they play the Bulldogs. <laughs> but after yeah. the Bulldogs play the Lions, they take on ULL on Saturday. Yeah, and this is an away game, I think, isn't it? I did not check, but yes, it is. it is. Yeah, so so Tech will head down to Lafayette to play um, the Raging Cajuns of the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. Fuck you, ULL. Yeah, just fuck you. I, I'm not calling you what you want to be called. It's me, Nathan, editing the show. I didn't hear that F word, so it's passing through. <laughs> uh, they're 2-1 and one on the year so far, but it's really hard to get a read on what that 2-1 and one actually means because... They beat UNO, so uh, the the privateers, I believe they are, who are number 317 in the country. And then they beat LSUS, who is not even in Division One. So that's not giving you much. And then their loss was to the number two team in the nation, Baylor. 
so yeah, I, I don't really know what that all means, but the uh, basketball power index ESPN's uh, predictor gives Tech a 76% chance to win. Ken Palm's a little bit more pessimistic. They give us a 58% chance to win. And Massey gives a 59% chance to win. Both of those are, are three-point victories for the Bulldogs. But overall, I mean, it's just – it's hard to read them. They're very bad from three, uh, kind of like Southeastern, which is, I guess, good news after playing LSU, who shot 40% from three. But they're 30th best in the nation from two. And, you know, three games in, it's good to look at last year's stats to kind of get an idea of where they might be this year once everything – once we have a big sample size – uh, but last year they were pretty much just average um, across the board. So uh, I don't know. I guess we just don't know much about them, right? I mean, is there anybody we should we should look out for, Nathan? Yeah, and I'm going to enjoy saying this guy's name. Their big boy center, Theo Akwuba. Akwuba. Akwuba is how I'm choosing <laughs> to pronounce that name. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a little bit scared of him. He's six foot eleven, which is a tall boy, and he can shoot. Uh, he's eighth in the nation in adjusted field goal percentage. And from the charity stripe, he's shooting 78%, which is not leading the team, but Tech is shooting somewhere in the 60s. So that's an above average tall boy shooting yeah. guy who we're trying to line <laughs> up against. I, I am afraid of Theo. I'll say his last name one more time. Akwuba. Akwuba. Uh, yeah, and then and then finally, just real fast, the Lady Texters got their butts kicked by Texas, uh, which was pretty much expected. Uh, Texas. I didn't expect it to go that poorly, though. I thought we'd win that game. Uh, you were wrong, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> they lost by 27. Um, they only fell 17 spots in Massey down to number 181, which is, you know, Texas is a really good team, so that's fair. Um, this week, they play Jackson State on Tuesday, which is today if you're listening the day this came out we've got a 75 percent chance to win that one uh massey predicts a, a nine point win and then we play arkansas pine bluff on monday of next week massey gives us an 82 percent chance to win that one by 11 so it's 74 to 65 and 75 to 64 so why don't we real fast go ahead and and make our predictions we've got five games i think two bulldogs basketball two lady texters and one football game i will say let's see i said we're losing football i i gotta go two wins in men's and i'll i'll go splits and women's so that makes us three and two on the week what do you got uh josh five and oh baby perfect record book it yeah didn't you just like not 15 minutes ago <laughs> just to lose the football game all right all right i like it nathan what do yeah. you got I was about to say, call me the nuclear safety inspector in Springfield, USA, because I'm a homer. Tech is going 5-0 and this week. Nice. Jesus nice. Christ. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Finish the show without me. I'm done. <laughs> All we right. got one more thing to do, Evan. Don't leave just yet. <laughs> right, we have right, a tweet right. of the week, and it's from one of your favorites. This week's tweet of the week goes to Speedy Smith. Yeah. After the La Tech Hoops Can account tweeted him? saying... That we are undefeated in the tack against UT Arlington, Northwestern State, and ULM was a total of 32, 33 games against those schools. Tech has never lost a single one. Speedy, the former Bulldog point guard, replied saying, ULM has always been a practice game, right? Three question marks. LOL, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, 
That's pretty funny. Also, I don't know if you guys saw, but ULM in their 2020, 2021 fall good. winter sports it's are like, good. they're like one in 81 or something like that overall. I think their one win was in, um, was in women's tennis maybe, but they've lost all their football games, all their basketball games so far, all their like other tennis games, I guess. They were like one in 20 in that. I don't even know. It's, Things are not good in Monroe. Credit to LaTeX Sports Report for uh, looking oh, yeah. that up. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah, we beat their basketball team so bad they fired their football coaches all on <laughs> Let's just say water skiing season can't come soon enough for the uh, for the old Warhawks. <laughs> and luckily for you, the listener, the end of the show can't come quite soon enough. That about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please and Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog where I guess we'll have a TCU preview up. That's the thing that we do again. Uh, that blog's at gtpdd.dog. That's .dog. That's also where you can find the contest to do the game against the Horned Frogs that Evan puts together. Oh, and yeah. Until ne- and until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And I'm Israel motherfucking Tucker. <laughs> and go tech. Please don't die. Woo! Both Dakota White and Hawker, excuse me, Walker Hankinson, the other (laughs) Honker Wankinson. I am very sorry. (laughs) And we Um, have Bumper.